Welcome everyone. This is Dr. Steve Latulip on Unity Without Compromise. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got an interesting topic and perhaps a, a pretty difficult topic that I really want to discuss with you today because of the things that are currently happening. And I think that we need to get into an arena where politics and philosophy actually meets. Now, we know for an absolute fact that truth is a, a great threat and perhaps the unique greatest threat to all those who are pursuing evil. And right now, it's becoming very common knowledge that we are existing in America in a time when we have a rogue government faction that is out to get us, out to destroy America. And so the topic I want to discuss today is that of Christian persecution, because the American cabal really thinks that Christian suffering and persecution and deaths is just nothing more than a joke. And they laugh at it, and they mock us and ridicule us, and a whole lot more. And, but right now, you know, the exciting thing going on is as the heat is turned up in this battle for our nation, what we see is this rogue government actually starting to feel the pressure. And it's something that they haven't felt in a while. So I'm very thankful for that. But the battle is for truth. Remember that. The American federal cabal, call it what you want, the shadow government, the uniparty, a vanguard, the globalist movement, the American cabal is actually in bed with the elitists who want a global takeover of, of the entire world so that they can control us, so that they can rise to power and happily oppress us for the rest of our lives and theirs. And right now, our own government is actually blatantly endorsing an all-out war against Christianity. And all their little minion agencies like the FBI, the CIA, uh, the Education Department, the Justice Department, they are all supporting this crazy, evil government that has risen to power and taken away our liberty. But Americans are finally starting to fight back. And when we do that and the government starts to feel the pressure of our resistance, well, bad things are going to happen because they are going to realize that if they are going to win this war and they are determined to do it, then something needs to happen. And a lot of people, you know, including me, I'm guilty sometimes of saying, look, the truth is, if I might speak the truth, um, that we must never surrender our arms, our weapons, because if we give up our guns, our government has us. And that is a true statement. It is a fact. It is a truth that this evil empire that is ruling over us right now and terrorizing all Americans, they are determined to disarm us. And if they can do it, then they, they can proceed um, unhindered completely. They also absolutely fear President Trump, because if President Trump becomes President Trump again in 2024, and I personally believe there's nobody who can touch him, because they know 
that the American people are catching on that this guy means business, loves his country. This man, Donald Trump, who has a less than sterling record in history with regard to Christian principles, this man has defended Christianity and promoted the cause of one nation under God more than any other president in the history of America. So that's pretty exciting to us who are conservative, who want back our free republic, who recognize that it was Christianity that gave America the great power and strength and prosperity that we enjoyed once, and we are now losing rapidly. But Christian persecution is something that is on the rise, and it's very serious, and we need to recognize it for what it is and recognize why I believe it will be increasingly a problem and more severe just in the next several months and the next couple of years. Now, we recently saw a very horrible shooting again, the Nashville Covenant School shooting, where seven people lost their lives. Um, we, we think of there only being six, but there were three nine-year-old children, unfortunately, who were brutally murdered. There were three adults who were murdered, and the murderer herself, a 28-year-old, Audrey Hale, was also murdered, but not, excuse me, I take that back. She was not murdered. She was killed. She was not murdered because she was guilty. And murder is the taking of innocent human life. And I thank God for the police officers who went in there and did their job, unlike the pathetic morons who, who stood back in the Uvalde school shooting. I mean, what a contrast. And I thank God for these people. This is the purpose of government. And we see it in action as police officers take out this shooter as quickly as they possibly can. This Audrey Hale, a 28-year-old, uh, had some psychological problems, obviously. And let's just clarify that. Her psychological problems, uh, according to the media, are inherently existent in this child who grew up to be a very convoluted, distorted, perverted adult. She thought she was a male. She wanted to act like a male. And that change in her thinking came about because of propaganda, because of school indoctrination. Uh, but did it come from the Covenant School? Well, not likely. And that's probably why she wrote in her manifesto, and we don't have the actual copy of that, but we, we know that she had been making a list of of, Chris, of, um, of targets so that she could attack them. And of course, the school was a big one. And she even had a map of the school. She knew what she was doing. She knew specifically who she wanted to take out. And she proceeded to do that. But she wrote this manifesto and uh, it uh, apparently was taken by the weaponized FBI who has been making actual lists of, of Christian churches that actually speak out against sin. You see, so, so we tend to think that this battle for America is won against the Constitution, but we have to go further than that because politics 
in its core is spiritual warfare, it's particularly bad politics. And we have a ton of that in America right now. So let's just call it what it is. But Audrey Hale planned to attack the school, which she formerly formerly attended. And why did she do that? I mean, did the school actually teach God's design for men and women? Because that might have angered her after she was indoctrinated. So did Audrey Hale, this sexually confused uh, transgender, have revenge on her mind going to the school? Well, very likely. I mean, that's what the evidence shows. But look at the response to this. Now, Tucker Carlson did a show and he mentions that the trans people have been actually urged to get militant. And he showed a segment on um, that was recorded on national public radio. And NPR did urge trans people to buy guns and, quote, if necessary, to use them. And of course, their narrative is that it is necessary. And, and the imagery that they portray is that Christians are attacking these poor transgender innocent little kids and adults who just want to live their lives and practice their perversion perversion in, in their own um, peaceful state of mind. But that's not exactly what happens. But why is it that trans people are so angry? Well, remember that they are an absolute mirror image of Christianity. They are the antithesis of Christianity, and they are proud of their sin. That's why they call it gay pride. They are not ashamed of their sin as I would be ashamed of my sin. And any uh, God-seeking person is humiliated before a righteous God because we know that we are all guilty and in need of the Savior, and thank God we have one. And that salvation is offered to everyone who will dare to come to the foot of the cross. But these trans people are self-deceived and in their deception, they believe that they can actually change who they are. And that goes down uh, back to being um, deceived by the greatest of all lies, which I recently did a show on. They believe that they can be like God and actually change who they are. They can change their genetics so that even though they were born a female or a male, they can reverse it or change it. And that is just pure nonsense. It is pure nonsense scientifically, morally, spiritually, and in the school of common sense. It just makes no sense whatsoever. But um, this is being ramped up because these people now, the trans group, and remember, it's still, what, less than 1% of the population that is in this pool, and probably even less than a half a percent, if you actually consider the people that call themselves trans, there's a lot of confused kids out there because of the harsh and severe daily indoctrination in public schools. But the people who actually pursue hormone therapy, sex changes, and so forth, are there are very, very few people. And those that do uh, can convert themselves or make the attempt to convert themselves. Uh, really what they do is, is they create themselves uh, as a genetic 
well, not a genetic, but just human uh, freaks of nature. They, there's no way that a girl can look like a man or vice versa uh, in reality. If you were to undress these transvestites, they, they would look like freaks of nature because they make themselves to be so. And we just have to admit that. This is a fact, but a lot of doctors and a lot of hospitals are making tons of money over uh, doing these surgeries to totally destroy the lives of these people. And that is evident by the fact that so many of them are suicidal and angry. Uh, so many of them have remorse for being allowed to so-called, quote, change their sex, which is an impossible thing to do. But they're getting angrier and they're um, their indoctrination for many of them is quite complete. Not that it can't be reversed because it can, but um, they are pushing forward with this. And the they I'm talking about is uh, the operatives in the gray zone. It is the uh, shadow um, governments that are working against us because remember that the global movement cannot proceed until the threat of American sovereignty is completely removed and annihilated. And so that's what they're trying to do. So uh, what we're seeing now is Antifa with their trans day of vengeance in DC uh, uh, this weekend, um, they're going to rise up and, and they're, they're being used, of course. These people are being paid off to cause uh, discord, to create chaos, and to promote violence. And who is supporting Antifa? Well, it's the entire left. It is the uniparty. It is the, the Democrats pretty much in their entirety and probably the majority of Republicans. And they all think that killing Christians is a joke. It's okay to kill Christians. What they are grieving now from the Nashville Covenant School shooting is that this is going to, this action is going to bring hatred, even more hatred against the transgender people. And nothing could be further uh, from the truth than that statement. We saw uh, recently in Arizona, we have now criminal Katie Hobbs, who was installed as the Arizona governor. And uh, just recently, her press secretary, Jocelyn Berry, posted a tweet suggesting that um, that gun violence be used against, quote, transphobes. Now, a transphobe is likely a Christian who says, no, God's design was that he created us male and female. And to live a healthy and wholesome life, we ought to follow God's design. But if we choose to do so, we are considered transphobes. Another name-calling process that is aimed at persecuting Christians. Well, this Jocelyn Berry posted a photo of a Hollywood actress who was pointing two handguns at someone. This clip was taken from a 1980 film called Gloria. And along with this photo that she posted were her words, us, when we see transphobes. So the direct implication is that we need to take up arms and two handguns are, are posted here. And we have to use them against the transphobes. That is the direct implied message. And remember, Katie Hobbs um, supports Jocelyn Berry if she is her press secretary. You can bet that that criminal Katie is very much against Christians and she will do everything in her power 
to destroy us. And we see the same thing with Joe Biden. Now, the foremost thing on on poor Joe Biden's uh, mind is ice cream because Joe is really demented. And so he laughs at everything that rightly concerns us because he is an evil man at his core. He may be demented, but the spirit of this man is evil. And to people like Joe Biden and all of his little people in government, our Christian values are nothing more than a joke. And really, in reality, they are a threat to them. And for that reason, we continue to be in their crosshairs. And I say that in a very direct uh, way. And they take joy in our persecution. They are greatly enjoying it every time we are beaten down. Remember, they criminalize people standing up for their rights as free people who went to the White House to support um, and defend a stolen election. And these people are still suffering, although we just recently got word that one of them has been released early. The QAnon shaman has been released from his prison sentence. And that's good news because it shows us that when we expose the truth to the public, then truth is very powerful and it has its powerful effect. So let me get into this topic of Christian persecution, because I don't consider it a joke at all. Let's first define persecution. Persecution is any form of hostility. It might be words or actions or just an attitude, but it is some form of hostility that is experienced by a Christian from the world because of one's identification with Jesus Christ. Now, that's a significant portion of the world population. Remember that Jesus uh, told us in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter 5, he says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what Jesus was saying is that we should actually rejoice and be happy. That's, and that's the word blessed. Markarios in the Greek means blessed or happy. And it is a privilege to suffer for a good cause. And I've tasted a little bit of that in medicine uh, because I stood up for the truth. And that was very intimidating to our rogue government. And so uh, me being one of the very first people to speak against the evil that was prevailing at that time, they had to take me out. And so I was persecuted for my faith in that way. And I'm telling you, it's not easy. They destroyed me completely. But uh, would I do anything different? Absolutely not. There is a purpose to persecution, and it is mainly the furtherance of the Christian faith that prevails from persecution. So we shouldn't really be afraid of it. In uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 22, we are given similar words by Jesus, and he says, blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and revile you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. And that's the key thing. Persecution, Christian persecution, 
means suffering because of your Christian faith directly. And when they hate you because of that, as they have demonstrated the hatred in uh, pro-life centers that are trying to save babies from being murdered in the womb, um, you see the demonstrations of hate in that. And when we are excluded, uh, you know, that's censorship, right? We are being cast off of all these um, platforms because we have a message of truth and wholeness and goodness. And the face of evil has to shy away from that. So they want to get rid of us in any way that they can. There's a lot of examples of preachers all across the globe. uh, And in our own country, there are businessmen and teachers and anyone who takes a stand for their Christian faith are being attacked nowadays in a once Christian America. And right now it often happens that even uh, in the churches, we are being persecuted. It's a very difficult thing for me to attend churches these days, because when I go to so many of them and visit them, I find that if you dare to speak biblical truth, people look at at you with suspicion and they think you, you've got some kind of agenda. And of course, I do have an agenda, and that is to let the scriptures speak. What does the Bible say? That is the most important question that we can ask ourselves as Christians. And we need to be open to hearing what the words are. But um, the bottom line is that Christianity is suffering ever more persecution. There is a uh, an organization called Open Doors Ministry, and it is actually the world's largest um, underground network serving persecuted Christians globally. So pretty interesting organization. And what they have done is produced a world watch list, which is an annual statistics uh, that describe persecution across the entire globe. Recently, just this year, there was a national organization and a United States organization of Open Doors, and they decided to part ways, not uh, for any wrongdoing, but just feeling they could be more effective as separate, uh, distinct entities. But it is very concerning if you look at the statistics that they provide, for example, in 2021, Nigeria actually accounted for three-fourths of all Christian martyrs. So living as a Christian in Nigeria meant that you had a real high chance of dying for your faith. So if you want to be a martyr, go there. But uh, things have changed a little bit. But here's some of the statistics that they provide to us. Every day, 13 Christians are killed for their faith, and 12 churches or Christian buildings are attacked every day, and 12 Christians are unjustly arrested or imprisoned, and another five are abducted daily. Now, this was reported in 2021, so I suspect that things have gotten worse since then. And we now uh, understand that there are 360 million Christians across the world who suffer from high levels of persecution. Now, that should concern us, because what does it mean to us today? We've been fortunate enough to live in a Christian nation where we have had constitutional protection. The First Amendment was a freedom 
to speak about your Christian faith without any fear of retribution or persecution. But of course, that has changed greatly. Now, the Open Doors Ministry, as I said, has ranked each year the um, the greatest uh, areas of persecution in the globe, and they record the top five countries where where persecution is the worst. So they just came out with this, I believe, in January of 2023. And believe it or not, the number one country where persecution is the highest was in North Korea. Now, no surprise, but you don't hear about it. And that's because you don't hear about anything that goes on in North Korea, because it is a very communist nation ruled by an evil dictator who has nothing but evil on his mind and seeks world power like every other evil government. But North Korea was number one. Somalia in East Africa was number two, followed by Yemen, number three. And believe it or not, this, these others might surprise you. Number 11 was India. Now, I don't know. I always thought India was somewhat of a peaceful nation. When I think of India, I think of Gandhi, right? Mahatma Gandhi and um, this, uh, the peaceful protesting that he did. I thought that kind of represents India, but apparently it does not because India is number 11 in the ranking of persecution uh, against Christians. So um, that's very concerning. Number 13, not far behind India, is Saudi Arabia. We like to consider Saudi Arabia being our allies. But when we flew to Saudi Arabia um, in the Air Force, we were told to beware. Um, beware of exposing your Christianity, abide by their rules. Now, we used to actually uh, throw out Bibles out of the sextant port of the tanker. Nobody knew that, but we did all we could to try to spread the gospel in Saudi Arabia, but it's really tough. Now, number 16 is China. In China, um, I have been in contact with some Chinese Americans, and and many of them are converting to Christianity because they see the blessings that Christianity has to offer the world in the way of goodness, uh, prosperity, everything. It's just a better life when you do things God's way. And and I thank God for those Chinese and for all other uh, countries who are turning to Christ. But what a tough time it is. Okay, so number 38, believe it or not, is Mexico. Would you believe it? Mexico made it in the top 50 list. And that's because Christians, Mexican Christians who speak out against the cartels are being brutally attacked. No surprise. In my medical practice in Oregon, I had uh, a good number of uh, Mexicans who came up uh, suffering from persecution. Some of them lost almost all their family members before they finally just escaped uh, Mexico and came to the United States. And they always, they lived in fear for their lives. Well, I have to say that the United States has not yet made it on the top 50 list. But I can assure you this, that the uh, Biden's puppet regime is really trying hard to make it to the top of that list. They are forever trying to silence us. And they are often succeeding. And I say that much to our shame. It is such 
a pathetic travesty that the Christian churches in America have been so silent. And if we are not going to recognize the impact that Christianity has had on the foundation of America, forming the the fabric of America, then we really are lost. We are spinning our wheels. And if we are trying to defend the integrity of medicine or any specific values, if it doesn't go back to Christianity, um, you haven't gone far enough. And that's just a fact. It is a fact that we have to contend with, we have to accept that Christianity brings about good. It has done more good than any other world religion by far. It has promoted the cause of children and the protection of children. It has promoted the cause of women more than any other nation. Women are nothing more than chattel, property owned by men evil men who don't care about their women whatsoever. But it was Christianity that has changed that. And if you read about what the Bible says about taking care of women, showing them respect, treating them like fine China, then you don't know the Bible. And the same thing with children. We have a duty to protect not only the children, but the elderly, the widows, who have nobody else supporting them. We are commanded to protect those who cannot protect and defend themselves. And we have fallen short, many of us in that regard, but perhaps the persecution that is happening now may just bring about a change, and it must. So I'm going to take a short pause and then come back and talk about specifically American persecution today. Be right back. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. We know you love the versatility and portability of the Genesis Fogger, but sometimes you just want to set it and forget it. Well, we heard you. Introducing the UX4 HOCL Atomizer. This stationary unit quietly protects you and is perfect for smaller spaces. With over a quarter million units sold in Japan, it's now available in the United States. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to see the UX4 in action and receive a 15% discount on either Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait, we wash our nose? Yes, the number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, 
X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. The wellness company shares your values and fights for medical freedom. They put patients before profits and follow medical science, not political science like doctors on the left. Their chief medical board, which includes Dr. Peter McCullough, are the makers of the incredible American-made high-quality spike formula. If you worry about spike proteins, go to TWC.health and use promo code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount. Once again, that's TWC.health, promo code OUTLOUD. It was Henry Wadsworth Longfellow that said, lives of great men all remind us we can make our lives sublime and departing, leave behind us footprints on the sands of time. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. Welcome back to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. Today I'm discussing the topic of Christian persecution and pointing out that it seems to be nothing more than a joke to this American uh, corrupted government regime that we are now suffering under. And the suffering grows daily, not just economically, um, not just uh, politically, not just morally, but actually we are now beginning to feel actual persecution by uh, by those who hate Christianity, those who hate God, and a Christian America. Um, we like to think that, you know, they have to take out America um, so that they can pursue their globalist agenda, but the truth is they have to take out the Christians who make America what it is. And so right now, um, we are seeing evidence of the left attacking us in different ways. And of course, they are now using the transgender minority, that great tiny fraction of Americans. uh, They're using them as pawns to further attack us, and they will maximize the propaganda uh, from these attacks and make it look like somehow we are the cause of the transgenders going out and shooting up people in Christian schools and so forth. And it's going to expand further and further if we allow it and if we don't take a stand. So right now in America, we are seeing a rapid rise in this Christian persecution, and it is becoming ever more severe and costly to us who dare to take a stand for our faith. But it doesn't always entail uh, the ending of our lives. I mean, we're not being yet burned at the stake or thrown to the lions uh, and things that actually happened before, um, you know, being put up as torches in, in Nero's gardens and so forth. But there is a lot of 
what we would call soft persecution right now against Christians. And that includes criticism or loss of jobs, perhaps, because we have taken a stand against something that is anti-Christian. It could involve educational opportunities um, because uh, we stand for a Christian faith. We are denied access to many of the liberal schools. Uh, and how many uh, Christian colleges do we have in America today? Well, really not many. And of course, the most liberal of them all, schools like Berkeley, um, UC San Francisco, and so forth, they, they are just evil. They do not tolerate free speech. They do not tolerate a conservative viewpoint whatsoever. They don't want to hear it. And this, of course, leads to censorship. And that's another form of soft persecution. How many people throughout this entire um, COVID pandemic um, actually had suffered broken relationships with friends, with family members? I've heard of so many of these stories of parents losing their adult children because they believed that somehow the government was intending for them a good through this vaccination program and so forth. And of course, they're paying a price for it. And there are repaired relationships, but all of this persecution results in Christians being marginalized and nullified because of their faith in Jesus Christ. And that's very concerning to me. We need to know how to deal with it. Um, we've experienced it in so many ways. Those of you who were uh, rejected when you submitted a religious waiver for a COVID shot and you were told to take the shot or otherwise lose your job. I mean, I know so many people, uh, I cannot count how many people suffered as a result of that. That is Christian persecution. If a religious waiver, meaning that you want are, are given a, a God-given right to allow what enters your body or doesn't, when that is being trampled, you just don't have any rights whatsoever. We also saw at a, the Mid-Vermont Christian School, uh, which chose not to play against a team with a transgender player, um, the Vermont Principals Association banned the school from playing in any other tournaments. Now, that is soft persecution, and it hurts. I mean, think of these kids who are competing. When I was in high school, I played hockey, was captain of the hockey team, and I have to admit, hockey was like my entire life, and if that was going to be taken from me for whatever reason, um, that would have hurt me in a really big way. And I feel for our poor children who are being subjected to this nonsense by idiots like Joe Biden, uh, by Obama, who so pushed every evil way he could to destroy our nation. Look at all that is going on. This is persecution. If you're getting fired for refusing to attend an anti-Christian form of indoctrination, um, any sort whatsoever, critical race theory or, uh, you know, being being white uh, is to be born evil. If you have to attend classes like that um, in order to maintain a job, you are being softly persecuted. Uh, 
They're not taking your life, but they're taking your livelihood. And we have all kinds of examples of that just recently. We and, and not so recently, look at Jack Phillips, the baker, who refused to bake a cake for um, a homosexual couple. Um, he said, look, I have, a, I have to take a stand. I cannot do that because of my conscience. And he has been harassed for over a blooming decade, over a decade now. And we have other examples of florist named Baronelle Stutzman. She was forced into retirement early due to her refusal to compromise her Christian faith. And we see more recently Coach Joe Kennedy, who was fired for praying to God in public. Now, that's a First Amendment right. That is why the... British people, some of them came to the colonies to establish religious liberty in America. But we're also seeing more severe forms of persecution, like imprisonment. We're seeing physical harm, and we're seeing some deaths. And where have we seen that recently? Well, we saw it even with the January 6th prisoners, political prisoners thrown into jail for no just cause, without charges formally being applied against them and being held there, brutally treated, physically harmed and um, abused, um, given lousy food rations, uh, a, a dearth of medical care. I mean, this is, this is happening in America right now. And it's being allowed. It, we have not rescued those J6 prisoners. And that is an atrocity. That is just an absolute atrocity. So we're seeing a lot of soft persecution and even more severe persecution. And remember that um, that um, some of the prisoners from January 6th um, committed suicide. Uh, one died and uh, from other causes, another prisoner was not allowed medical treatment that he just needed severely because of a cancer that progressed during that time when his treatment was denied. This is all persecution. And I suppose it should not surprise us, but it is coming further and further. If we look at a history of martyrdom through the ages, well, we really can see um, that it has been present for all time. And if you go into the New Testament of the Bible, in First Peter, for example, Peter wrote that letter to the early Christians. He, he addresses his letter, quote, to the pilgrims of the dispersion. At that time in history, in the, um, in the 60s, AD 60s, um, there was a terrible persecution going on under the Roman emperors. And as a result of that persecution, Christians were scattered across the entire Mediterranean world, and Christianity flourished because of it. But it was a very, very challenging and difficult time uh, for Christians, because Christians are human beings. They are people. And we have feelings and emotions like everybody else. We have a will to survive, a will to protect ourselves a will to keep breathing tomorrow and the day after. That's something that has been given us by God. But it does happen. Now, a lot of Christians think that somehow we are going to be rescued or raptured uh, from all this horrible persecution that is coming. And 
I think that we need to open up our eyes to a fact that that may not be the case. And I'd like to read just a little uh, passage from the book of Revelation in chapter 6. We see that there is a scroll that is to be opened, and it has seven seals on it. And the fifth seal uh, pertains to the cry of martyrs, of, of Christians in the past who have died because of their faith. And I start reading in Revelation 6, verse 9, through uh, verse 11, it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the testimony which they held. And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, until you judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then a white robe was given to each of them, and it was said to them that they should rest a little while longer, and get this, until both the number of their fellow servants and their brethren, who would be killed as they were, was completed. That's quite a, um, quite a statement. Wait a little longer because I, I'm going to wait until your other brothers and sisters in Christ are persecuted and killed in the same way that you were. You see, there is more persecution coming. And I know we don't like to hear that. And I, I'm telling you, it is a very hard message for me to even speak about it. I mean, it's a tough thing to deal with. And then we have in the book of Hebrews, uh, what is called the faith chapter. Uh, if I read from Hebrews uh, chapter 11, verses 32 through chapter 12, verse three, it says that, and what more shall I say for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and, and uh, Barak and Samson and Jephthah, also of David and Samuel, and the prophets who through faith subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens, Women received their dead, raised to life again. See, these were all victories where they were allowed to overcome. But then it goes on. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trial of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn in two, were tempted were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains, in dens and caves of the earth. All, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise, God having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. Therefore, this is starting in chapter 12, verse 1 of Hebrews. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, 
Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, for consider him who endured suffering such hostility for sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Now, there's a lot of people who have become discouraged, who suffer and anguish, feeling defeated. Like, what's going on? God, what do we do? How do we, in the world do we you battle with the evil that seems to be prevailing everywhere around us. Well, we are told that persecution is going to get worse. There was once a, a philosopher turned evangelist, Justin Martyr, who was killed for his faith in AD 165. Christianity was, uh, was savagely persecuted at that time. But Justin Martyr wrote an apology, which is a defense of the Christian faith, and he defended it boldly, and he was killed for it. And he, along with several other Christians, were beheaded after they were scourged because they refused to bow down to idols. Now, they are in God's kingdom. Now, we're in the same situation. We are being persecuted. We are being forced or told to bow down to idols right now. And those idols are in our government. They are saying, bow down to the LGBTQIA plus movement. Bow down to all of the gods of evil uh, that lead to death and destruction. And if you don't, we are coming after you. And they intend to fully come after us. Our government right now is going to do all that they can to justify the persecution, even though at the same time they will deny it until they have full power. And that is their goal, to get full power, to take down the Christians. We already have seen how these churches, so many of the churches, the great majority of them closed when the government said to do so. Now, that is against God's will, and they should not have done it, but it shows us how weak we have become as Christians. The globalist movement, and please understand this, the globalist movement is an anti-Christian movement, and it is full steam ahead right now. Well, the Bible tells us generally what's coming, but, it, you know, everyone wants to know exactly what all the details are, and they want to put their own meaning into the figurative language, such as we see in the latter parts of the book of Revelation. But what can we be absolutely sure of? What do we know is coming? Well, for one thing, we know that Jesus said he is returning one day as judge of this world, and that's a glorious, happy day for Christians. But what a horrendous day, how fearful it will be for those who reject him. We don't know the day that he's coming back because we have not been told and we have been told that we cannot know the day. But we can discern the seasons. We can see the signs of the, of the coming of the, the end of the age. And 
Yeah, maybe we're seeing some of those signs right now. We are told for another thing that the great apostasy, a great falling away from the Christian faith is coming before Christ's return. Now, a lot of Christians argue about, well, you once saved, always saved. You can't lose your salvation possibly. But what does the Bible say about it? Why are we being given all of these incredible warnings to endure to the end? And those who endure to the end will be saved. Well, I'll let you work out your salvation with fear and trembling, just as I am doing. But we have been told very clearly that persecution is coming, and they are coming for us. They do hate us. They hate God. They hate the Bible. Because the Bible tells us everything we know about God. And let me tell you, if they can shut us down, they will. They will lock us up. They will impoverish us. They will control us. Oh, yeah. And they will even kill us. And they will gladly do it. And they will gladly do that right now if they could get away with it. And so we need to be ready because persecution is coming to America. And it's already here. And perhaps it's because we have allowed it to some extent, because we have not done the work of evangelism. We have not taken a stand for the moral principles that we stand for, that we should stand for. And we ourselves have strayed from the faith. And so this is a great time to call ourselves back to the faith. What exactly is our best defense against persecution? Well, first of all, our, our real first defense is being a strong Christian. We need to pray for our leaders, because these leaders right now are our enemies, and God says, pray for your enemies. So we need to get serious about this persecution, and we need it to allow it to do its good work, and that is to wake up Christians, and hopefully to wake up America. Because the left thinks that America would be a whole lot better off without Christians. To them, we are nothing but foolishness. We are an object of ridicule, and they will laugh at us as we perish and as we suffer. If you want to see the absolute worst of what mankind can become, just take away Christianity. But of course, that will never happen completely. There will always be a remnant of Christians. There will always be people willing to sacrifice their life to take a stand for the Lord, to not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And for that reason, there will always be martyrs who willingly will profess Jesus Christ as their Lord, even when they know it will cost them their lives. And we have seen it recently in America. And what better incentive do we have to proclaim the good news to a dark and confused world? When we see persecution coming, we realize that we need to convert the world to a better way of life. What better reason to join with Christians for genuine prayer? and genuine fellowship to strengthen one another to pray for boldness to get off our duffs and live a Christian life. What better time than now to make the world a better place? Because you were there 
for a little time before you vanish away to your eternal destiny. Nothing makes life worth living more than living a life that is truly pleasing to God. This is what we are called to do. This is the answer to the mockery from the left as they insult us and joke about Christian persecution. I hope you'll do something good this week and for the right purpose. You've been listening to Unity Without Compromise. This is Dr. Steve LaTulip. Until next week, adieu.